What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you're having an amazing day. Today, we will be talking about something that has been on my mind quite a bit lately, and that is modesty culture. Not only what it was like for those of us who were raised with modesty being a very important value, but kind of how it affects our lives even today, um, especially if we have made an effort to kind of distance ourselves from our self-worth being wrapped in how we dress. And so that's what we're talking about. We're taking a break from the Teal Swan content, which will resume next week. And I just want to give fair warning ahead of time. This is my Kate Kennedy be there in five moment, aka this is long form on purpose. I know that I have a tendency to ramble and just kind of think out loud and I can kind of be repetitive sometimes. And so in the majority of my content, I do my best to cut out a good portion of that. I still leave some of it in because that's just kind of how I authentically communicate. And so I don't want to um, like try and like censor myself or how I speak too much. But I know that especially on YouTube, people like things to be a little bit snappier. So yeah, I leave a good portion of the rambling in, but you would be surprised how much I cut out. So in this video, it's not like quick responses and quick thoughts and super organized. I had you guys submit your experiences and basically I put up a Slido link, which is um, a website where you can go and you can submit anonymous responses. And the question I asked was, what impact has modesty culture had on your life? And so some of you went ahead and you responded to that and you shared your stories with me. I've not read them yet. And so I'm going to be going through them and just giving my authentic reaction. And so to bring it around to, you know, go back to the original point, this isn't going to be a super quick, clean cut, anything like that. It is genuinely long form on purpose. If you are about to go run some errands by yourself, if you're about to clean the house, if you're doing laundry, if you just need some background noise while you are working or doing homework, this is going to be perfect for that. So whatever you are doing while you watch or listen to this, I am happy to be keeping you company. I also want to say thank you for everyone who sent me well wishes on last week's episode because I was not at 100%. I am still feeling kind of sick, but so much better than last week and every day is just getting better and better. I am somebody who uh, I have a, a compromised immune system and so whenever I get sick it tends to linger around for a while but at this point how I'm feeling, how my voice is, how my throat and like my chest are, this is as good as I could ask for it to be. So we're on the right track and thank you again for all of your well wishes. Now, on to today's topic. The main thing that inspired me to have this conversation with y'all was something that happened a few weeks ago. Okay, so at this point I've been filming for like 20 minutes just trying to get through the first what should be less than a five minute story and I'm really struggling and I didn't think that I would be struggling this much but here we are so I'm gonna try a different approach than what I've been trying to do for the past 23 minutes and 50 seconds. Let's start off with the fact that I feel very lucky that my parents were not super strict in terms of modesty. 
obviously we had some conversations about it. My mom would make jokes like if God wanted people to see your belly button, he would have put it on your forehead. But I remember being allowed to wear two-piece bathing suits from a pretty young age. Like even in elementary school, I was allowed to wear tankinis, crop bathing suits, stuff like that. The bikinis, she was a little bit stricter on. And she said, once you're 18, you can do whatever you want. But for now, let's keep it a little bit more covered up. Uh, but like in terms of shorts, tank tops, dresses, things like that, there was never any sort of conversation about how long they had to be. There was no legalism in terms of that. And so I feel very lucky that in my home, like from my parents, I did not get the message that like your body is bad and you need to have you know, a five inch long inseam. You can't do anything that goes above your knees. There was nothing like that in the home. I was very lucky that I didn't really get a complex about what I had to wear in order to be a good person or in order to have value or preserve myself or not cause somebody else to have a problem. However, I got different messaging from church and from school. I was homeschooled for a decent portion of my school career and I loved it so much. But when I started going to public school, there wasn't really an issue for the first few years because we had to wear uniforms. However, when I got to junior high and high school, there was the dress code and it was like, you can't have your bra strap showing. You have to have a certain length of shorts, you know, like your fingertips have to reach the bottom of your seam if you're wearing shorts or a skirt things like that. And I just remember feeling confused because it seemed like teachers had so much more of a problem with certain things than the boys did. And the reason I say that is because the messaging that we got was you're going to be a distraction to the people in your class if we can see your bra strap or if you're wearing spaghetti straps or if you're, you know, your your tank top straps are too thin you're going to be a distraction and you're a problem. So you need to dress a particular way. However, when people would get dress coded, I don't ever remember it being because we were being distracting to the boys. It was the teachers who had a problem with it. And that was confusing to me because it's like they're saying, oh, well, we need to prevent you from distracting other people, but we weren't distracting anybody but the teachers. And it was frustrating to feel like we had to police, like as girls, we had to police ourselves for the benefit of others. We had to worry about what we were doing instead of, in theory, having other people be accountable for their own actions and other people being accountable for their focus and their, like how much attention they were paying to class or to the teacher or to whatever. Why aren't they held accountable for their own focus and for their own actions? That was something that was hard for me. But at the same time, I was such a rule follower as a kid. And so even if I had issues with stuff like that, at the end of the day, I was like, well, I don't really want to go against it. I don't want to cause an issue. I was also very introverted and very shy. I had a tough time speaking up to authority or having a conflicting opinion than someone in authority. And so I was just like, well, I don't want to cause a problem. So I'll abide by it. Right. So that was the experience in school. And then obviously the messaging from church was that it was our job 
once again, not to cause our brothers in Christ to stumble. It's our job to prevent them from having wandering eyes. And honestly, we all know how toxic that mindset is. I think if you've grown up in the church um, and your church placed a lot of value on being modest and like a woman's role and a woman's place and all of that, I'm sure you have had that thought of if these are godly men who live with integrity, shouldn't they be able to control themselves regardless of what I'm wearing? Shouldn't they, you know, the men, the leaders of the home, right? That's the messaging we get. Men are the leaders of the homes. Men are in charge. Men are above women, depending on what kind of church you went to. That is something that you might very well have heard growing up, is that the men are better than the women. They have more power. They they have more status. And so why is it that these men who are supposed to be so great and so strong and such leaders are so vulnerable that... I can't show cleavage or that like I have to wear Bermuda shorts instead of regular shorts. Like how does that make sense? And so like I said, I got a very lax view of modesty from the home that I grew up in, but I was also in an environment where things were a little bit more strict and the onus was put on me to be responsible for how I present myself in order not to make somebody else have a problem. And that's a problem for me. That's an issue for me. And I think it's probably an issue for a lot of you as well. Because to be quite frank, the way we dress doesn't make a difference. Men are going to do whatever they're going to do. And I don't mean that to be like, men suck. They're the worst. I'm just talking about in a general sense when we talk about men assaulting women. Those men will do it because it's what they want to do. And I know that a lot of this conversation is very heteronormative. I'm not trying to be exclusionary. I'm just talking about the messaging that I got growing up and the messaging that I think a lot of us got is that men like looking at women. You need to cover yourself up so that way they don't stumble. So that way they can live in integrity because you're not tempting them, right? Like that's, if you grew up in church, especially in like conservative churches, that's what you got. That's what you were told. It's your job to make sure you are not tempting your brothers in Christ. If somebody's a creep, they're going to be a creep no matter what you're doing, no matter what signal you send out, you know, quote unquote, the signal you're sending out, or no matter how much attention you give them. If you're nice to them, if you're mean to them, if you ignore them, if you're wearing a bodycon dress, if you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt, if you're wearing a sweatshirt, if you're wearing like a spaghetti strap tank top, no matter what you are wearing, what you do, how you act, if a man wants to do something vile and evil to you, he's going to do it. If a man wants to think lustful thoughts about you, he's going to do it. No matter what you are wearing or how you present yourself, they are going to do that. And it's not fair to tell women that it's their job to prevent that from happening. No, it's on them. It's on the men. It's on the people who are creeping on you to control themselves. And that's what we need to be focusing on. Like that's the message we need to send is that men are entitled to women's bodies. Men are not entitled to women's intention. Men are not entitled to kindness from us. Like that's why it pisses me off because 
I can understand if there's a, a conversation about modesty in terms of what I believe the Bible instructs us to do. I believe that the Bible instructs us to be modest in our appearance by not worrying about materialistic things, by not being super worried about having the newest, the latest, the greatest, not being ornately, you know, decorated, not having all the jewelry in the world, not having the most designer handbags, like those things don't matter. You're not supposed to, as a Christian, you're not supposed to be out here like, look at me, look at all of these amazing, beautiful things that I have. In my opinion, that's more so the heart of how the Bible instructs us to live out modesty. And so if we want to have a conversation about that, I think that's great. I think it is worth having those conversations and saying, you know, make sure that when you dress yourself, you're not dressing for your own elevation. I think it's fine to want to feel nice, to want to um, like dress stylish or look good in an event. I think that's totally fine, but that shouldn't be the thing that's most important to you. That's just how I view things. That's my opinion on it. But to place the onus on women to dress in a particular way in order to prevent men from lusting after them isn't fair. It's not right. And it causes a wide variety of issues. It causes like a complex, at least it has with me. And I don't think I quite realized it until a few weeks ago. And so the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is because I was at my parents' house and it was just myself, my brother, and my husband. Usually when I'm at their house and we go swimming, I wear just a black one piece because if I'm over there swimming, chances are my nieces and nephews are there and there's going to be like rough housing and doing stunts in the backyard and playing games and stuff like that. And so I don't want to have to be worried about like my top coming up or anything like that. I want to be covered and comfortable and not worried about like body parts coming out because I'm horse playing in a pool, right? Like to me, that's just how I prefer to dress. It's like a utility suit. So that way I can play with my nieces and nephews and not worry about what I am wearing. But in this particular instance, my parents were on vacation. I was doing respite for my brother. Talked about this before. I have a brother who has special needs. He does not live independently. And so they were on vacation. I was there doing respite. We decided to go swimming and I brought a bikini because I knew that my nieces and nephews wouldn't be there and I wouldn't have to worry about a top coming up or getting yanked on by a kid or anything like that. So wearing this bikini, I've worn it multiple times. We went to San Diego over the summer. I wore it there in front of my entire family, I wore it to the beach, not an issue non-issue. Nobody said anything about it. Nobody looked at me funny. Like it's, it's literally just, it's like a square cut bikini top that's spaghetti strap. And I got it because I figured it would not give me wild tan lines and I liked the color. So that's what I wore. And while we were there, I figured, hey, this is a fun thing I'm doing. Let me take some pictures and I can post them on my Instagram story later. Did it. Didn't think anything about it. And then when I went to go look at them, to post them, I was suddenly filled 
with guilt. It was suddenly like all these thoughts started swirling in my head of, you can't post that. You have cleavage out. That would be ridiculous. That would be bad. That would be shameful if you posted that. People would think that you were looking for male attention and it would not be okay. It would be inappropriate for you to post the pictures. And it's just wild because even though the main influence in my life, like my parents influencing me and not being super strict about that kind of stuff, like they were the biggest influence in my life growing up. That didn't matter because of all of the messaging I got in other places, because of the messaging I got from society and from church and from school and from other people. And I do think that I'm a little bit hyper aware of cleavage because I developed breasts at a pretty young age and I'm five feet tall and I have double D's. And so like even in just buying clothes, I've always had a really hard time buying clothes because some things will fit everywhere else, but be so tight up here or they'll finally fit up here and they'll be super baggy everywhere else. Right. You know, if you look at uh, like baby doll dresses that have a seam that's supposed to cup underneath your breast, mine will be like at the top of mine. It does not work. And so I've always just been hyper aware of it. I've gotten comments from other people about them. I've gotten suggestive comments. It, like it, it just happens. People comment on your body sometimes. And so I've always been hyper aware since I developed. And I feel like I've worked really hard over the past few years to be like, my body doesn't define me. If people look at me and they can tell that I have a large chest, that's just facts. Like that's just how my body is. I'm not going to cover up or wear something I don't like or be afraid to wear something that I do like because I'm afraid that other people will look at me and make an assumption about me or my intentions in wearing that thing. Like I feel like I've tried really, really hard to get to the place where I am comfortable wearing what I like wearing because I like wearing it. And I thought that I was there. Like I thought I had done a good job, but seeing that picture and feeling the guilt that like filled me up was kind of a wake up call that I wasn't as removed from that messaging as I thought I was. And it kind of sucked, but it did spark the desire to have this conversation with y'all and just talk openly and honestly about things and to give you guys a platform to share your experiences and how you feel. And like I said, I haven't read the responses yet, but I feel like we're probably going to find a lot of common ground there. And hopefully I can realize that I'm not alone in this. And um, hopefully this helps other people, maybe even you, feel like if you're struggling with this, you're not alone either. With that out of the way, let's get to your stories and hopefully I'll be a little bit less emotional. I don't know. I wasn't expecting to get like frustrated and worked up, but I guess these thoughts have been just kind of swirling around for the past few weeks and um, expressing them brought out emotions that I hadn't fully processed. So that happened. It's fine. Let's get to your stories. I just went to the first one that got submitted and I caught a phrase that immediately like triggered my fight or flight. Um, yeah. Okay. So the first one 
says, I've always been curvy and well endowed up top and getting told that my skirt is too tight or my shirt is too tight. I also wasn't allowed to wear a wide strap high neck tank top to work out in or I had to put on a t-shirt over it when coming downstairs after a sleepover at my best friend's because her dad was home and it could be seen as tempting. I was 13. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who told you that you had to put on the t-shirt to avoid tempting your best friend's dad, but that does not surprise me in the slightest. However, it's kind of sad that that doesn't surprise me. The fact that you at 13 had to cover up more than people who had different body types to not be tempting to a grown adult man is infuriating to me. Like you were a child, you were 13. And here's kind of the wild thing is it's totally possible that that dad probably having a daughter is kind of not used to a, a changing body, but like understands that girls develop in certain ways and I'm just going to look away because it's uncomfortable to, for me to see my kid and her friends like changing and becoming young women. And I would be willing to bet that in a lot of cases with girls who were told that, they were told that by women. And I don't know what that thought process is. And I'm not saying that this is what happened to this particular person, but with other people and other stories that I have heard and things that I have seen, I feel like a lot of times it is the woman. Like it's the mom or another female figure saying that you need to cover up to avoid tempting your friend's dad or your own dad or your uncle or whatever it may be. And my question is, if you have to tell a child to cover up to avoid tempting that grown ass man, maybe something's wrong with him. Like maybe there's an issue with him if that's something you're concerned about or maybe there's an issue in your own perspective and your own perception of things that you're not seeing things clearly and logically for how they should be. Maybe that person is still trapped in their own like confines of modesty culture and what they were told growing up and what a woman or a girl's job is. And that just makes me sad that they're the ones who are shaming young girls and making them feel bad about like simply existing and having the body that they have because either they haven't questioned things that they were taught growing up or they truly believe that these adult men will be tempted by kids and that's just a normal thing and so girls have to cover up. That's really, really sad. The next submission says, I became a Christian when I was 12 and went to a Christian school with a uniform. When I was 13, my dad took me and my brother out for ice cream after youth group. A man, all I know is that he was old enough to drive, drove up and yelled at my dad, quote, yo, your daughter is sexy as fuck, end quote, and drove away. What is wrong with some people? Like, how on earth is that something that somebody thinks to do and thinks like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like, wh what is the purpose of that? What reaction are you hoping to get? Are you purposely being crude and disgusting? Or do you genuinely think that that's an appropriate thing? Like, are you trying to get a reaction? I don't know. I'm so sorry that happened when you were 13. I cannot imagine how uncomfortable that would be. And honestly, if that happened to me at 13, I'd probably be really scared 
that somebody felt comfortable saying that about me, especially in front of my parent. Back to the submission though. So <laughs> this person says, I was wearing a t-shirt and exercise shorts that covered my thighs. Again, back to the point, doesn't matter what we wear. As a woman, it does not matter what we wear. If somebody wants to be creepy, they're gonna be creepy. Um, that moment solidified the belief that I had to cover up to keep men from making comments like that. I also have bad body dysmorphia and I stopped wearing bikinis before I turned 10. Didn't help when my mom would make comments about my chubbiness. This is what made me wear exclusively baggy clothes that didn't draw attention to me. I can definitely relate to dressing in ways that don't draw attention to yourself and trying to cover up to avoid being part of the problem even though our bodies are not the issue and us just existing as we are is not a problem but I am really really sorry that you experienced your mom making comments about that that stuff can really stick with you especially as a kid like the things that your parents say mean so much and so when you're so young and you hear that I can't imagine the impact that that had on how you saw yourself and how you felt about your own self-worth, but I bet that there are a lot of people who can definitely relate to that. Back to the story. I'm no longer a Christian, but I still dress modestly by most standards. The only difference is that I accept my body more and I dress for myself and no one else. I am really, really glad that you've gotten to a point where you dress for you and how you feel and what makes you feel comfortable. That's incredible. And I think there is something just so empowering about getting to that point where you say like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear because I want to wear it. Not because I think I need to dress in a certain way to get approval from my parents or from my pastor or from men or from whoever, like society None of that matters. I'm wearing what I want to wear for me because it makes me feel good and it makes me feel comfortable. That is amazing and I'm really glad that you've gotten to that place. The next submission says, I grew up Mormon, which has a very strong emphasis on wearing clothes that will cover your garments when you eventually go to the temple. So shorts and skirts down to the knees, everything has to have sleeves and no cleavage. Day and night, summer and winter. The layering looks are a little cringe looking back, but it was the early 2000s, so it wasn't that out of fashion. Summers, I didn't quite adhere to the down-to-the-knee rule, but I had to beg to buy a tank top to even use in layering. Ever since I was a little girl, I loved the look of off-shoulder sweaters, cold-shoulder tops, things with cutouts, but remember a lecture against them as a child watching Full House. I'm rather large-chested, having reached a C-cut by the time my mom decided I was old enough to start wearing a bra at 12, so the cleavage thing was a huge issue in high school and college. I attended BYU. BYU, for those of you who don't know, is Brigham Young University, and it is a Mormon college. And I can definitely imagine having a larger chest being an issue while attending BYU, especially because there is the honor code and all of the rules that people who go there have to follow. It is kind of wild to me to think that like there's a college that can institute all of these rules and kind of dictate how you behave and what you are and aren't allowed to do in your free time. But I understand people choose to go there. Like they're allowed to have the rules, I guess. It's just wild to me. I think 
probably a lot of people go there because of pressure to go there and because of legacy and like, oh, well, everybody else in our family went there. And so it's an honor and it's prestigious and I should go there. But I really do think college is great for kind of breaking out from what you are raised with and figuring out the kind of person that you are. And that's not to say that you have to go to college to do that. But if you go to college, you know, you should use that time to figure out who you are and what you like and, and what your values are. And so it's just a real shame that even if you are Mormon and you've left home and you're living like independently for the first time, you still don't really get to live independently. Like you still have to follow the rules and you have to have all of this oversight. But anyway, back to the story. It says, my relationship with my faith of origin is neither here nor there for now. But a series of events led to me both having gone to the temple, religiously obligating me to maintain a wardrobe consistent with what I was taught, and ceasing to attend church or adhere to those dress standards. It was two years after deciding I was morally okay with wearing tanks, short shorts, or other less covering clothing before I finally bought my first cold shoulder top. I still rarely wear anything that isn't up to those shoulders and knees covered standards, though I'm far more lenient about the cleavage thing. I don't go with plunging necklines, but I don't fret as long as my bra is covered. I still don't know how much of my style is mine or a fear of dressing immodestly. Well, I am glad you finally got your cold shoulder tops. I hope you feel amazing in them. I think they're pretty cute. I have a cold shoulder sweater that says be fearless on it and I like it a lot. So I am glad that you got those and you are comfortable wearing them. But I definitely understand the struggle of going back and forth between like, are all of these things that I have and these things that I wear because I like them and because they're my style and I feel good in them or do they just feel like safe choices and they feel like choices that aren't gonna cause a ruckus or an issue or anything like that. I'm honestly still struggling with that. Like I said, with my family, there was never an issue of like short length or anything like that, but I was definitely encouraged to cover up cleavage wise. And so for a very long time, I avoided any kind of cleavage. Like even the slightest little bit, if there was a little bit peeking out, I was wearing a tank top underneath. I had that little spaghetti strap. I was covered up. It took me quite a long time to be okay with even like a little bit of cleavage. And I feel like I've gotten more and more okay with it, but I'm not at even now, like I'm not super comfortable with it. I am still very conservative, even though there are tops that I would love to wear. It's just, I would love to wear them. They're so cute but I know that that's going to be a lot of cleavage or I try it on and I'm like, oof, that's a lot. Like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that just yet. And I don't know if it's like a personal conviction of, well, I don't really want to show that much cleavage or if it's that shame kicking in of you can't show it. So I get you. I'm with you on that one. The next story says, as a girl who had natural double D boobs in eighth grade, I used to hate my body because at school, parents and teachers were always saying my shirts were too tight. I remember one time in high school, I went to a formal and literally three different adults commented on my dress, which didn't even show cleavage and told me to wear my dates jacket so I wouldn't be a problem. I spent the whole night crying. It was like by existing with a desirable body, I was responsible for how everyone else perceived me. They just automatically assumed I was a whore because I was, quote, built like one, end quote. That breaks my heart, and I don't know how old you are, but regardless of that, I hope you know that at this point, you are not at fault 
for existing with the body that you have. There is nothing wrong with your body. It is what it is. It's like it's a body. We can't control what attributes we have or we don't have. And there's nothing inherently bad about being curvy or being large chested. And I think that that's something that's so hard to struggle with, especially if you have adults around you trying to make you feel shameful for existing as you are. And it sucks because there's literally nothing. If you have a large chest, like people are going to know that you have a large chest, whether you have cleavage or not, whether you are wearing tight fitting clothes or not, people are going to notice it. And sometimes they're going to make comments about it. And that's really, really crappy. And that can give people quite a complex. So at this point, (laughs) like that makes me so sad. Like you went to a dance in eighth grade and you spent the night crying because people made you feel bad about your body and just just literally literally existing as you are and that sucks and so I'm really really sorry that you experienced that and that you had to go through that hearing about people being made to feel bad for the body that they have is really upsetting to me but it's also making me feel like this conversation is even more important than I initially thought it was because I thought like this is a good and this is a good conversation to have this is an important topic to talk about I think a lot of us probably go through similar things but maybe we feel like we're alone and so yeah let's talk about it on my channel and now hearing these things and seeing the common themes I'm like wow like as upsetting as it is to hear the ways that we've been made to feel bad or the ways that we've been shamed I'm glad that we're talking about it I'm glad that you all felt comfortable enough submitting these stories. Thank you so much for being open and being vulnerable because in sharing what y'all have shared, I think there's a lot of people who will realize like, I'm not the only one who went through that. I'm not alone. I'm not the anomaly. The next story says, I grew up Catholic and lived in the South for my teen years. My church was big on modesty. I am now an adult and have been an atheist for more than a decade. I left modesty culture behind a long time ago, but it still affects me. For me, the biggest effect has been from the rationale behind modesty culture. The reason for modesty, as I was taught, was that not dressing and acting modestly would lead the men and boys around me to sin. It was heavily implied that only men and boys struggled with this kind of temptation. I already went off on my big rant about this concept, so I'm not going to repeat myself, but what I will say is, see, a few years ago, I discovered that I am asexual. It took me until I was 30 to come to this realization, and although many things contributed to my late blooming, a lot of blame can be laid at the feet of intense modesty culture in my formative years. I never felt sexual attraction, and I thought that was just because I was a woman. I saw sex strictly as a tool to get a husband and kids. I didn't have any underlying draw to it. I think that framing of sex as a tool was also part of modesty culture. You can dress immodestly for fun. Sex and sexuality has one purpose in that framing, reproduction. Seeing past all that took a decade or more. This is a really interesting take and I really appreciate you being willing to share it with all of us because... Um, In my experience, in my church, it wasn't that 
men were the only people who had sexual desires. There was very much, like I remember in like seventh and eighth grade, the conversation about how most people want to have sex and sex is great as long as it's in the confines of marriage and like having that whole conversation, signing the purity pact, getting your purity ring, all of that. But there was also at the same time, the implication that men were the only ones who struggled with temptation based on the opposite sex's bodies. There was never any conversation about like, and like the reason I say that is because it seems like a lot of the messaging that I got, this is just my experience, was that women's bodies are inherently sexual and men's aren't. And so that's why women have to cover up because the men are tempted and they struggle with seeing the women's bodies, but women don't have that same temptation. Women aren't tempted by the bodies, but they do have sexual desires. And so that was the messaging that I got. However, for you, it seems like the messaging that you got was that men are the only people who are interested in sex and who desire sex. And for women, it's just, well, you know, we play our role in it. We do that in order to be quote unquote good wives and to be part of the reproduction process. And so it makes sense to me that it took, like you said, a decade or more for you to be able to look past that and to get that out of your brain to realize who you truly are. And I think this just goes to show that you can distance yourself from something or you can leave a faith or you can say, I don't believe in this thing. Um, Like I'm separating from this completely but it doesn't take away the impact what you were told as a kid has on who you are now. It doesn't mean that as soon as you leave the church, you don't still have those biases or these thoughts that are stuck in your brain because of what you were told. I was skimming the next story and it's going to be intense. So the next submission says, my whole life I've been told what to wear and how to act. I was told sex is for marriage. Don't tempt the boys. The first time I was threatened with rape, I was wearing a plaid button up and jeans. It was my last year of elementary school and a boy in middle school pushed me up against the outer wall of my school building and told me that if he caught me alone again, he would rape me. The second time I was threatened with rape, I was in high school and a boy older than me pushed me down on the bleachers during PE. I was wearing my PE uniform and I was surrounded by other students and no one even tried to help. They just laughed. The third time I was threatened with rape, I was at a party and a boy my age pushed me up against a car. I was wearing jeans, a flannel shirt, and hiking boots. I pulled a knife on him. The time I was raped, I was wearing jeans and my college's t-shirt. I have narcolepsy with cataplexy, and he raped me while I was in a cataplexic state, aware but unable to move or scream or anything. He told me it wasn't rape because I didn't say no. I was sexually abused by my mother for the first 18 years of my life, forced to undress in front of her, forced to shower with her, forced to see her walk around naked when my dad wasn't home, forced to listen to her talk about sex with my dad, etc. Then I was told that consensual sex outside of marriage was evil. I was called every name in the book for being in a sexual relationship with someone I loved just because we weren't legally bound together. I was told that I should be alone for the rest of my life rather than be in a queer relationship. I'm bisexual. Purity culture is gross and it condones rape. 
It treats women as objects to be valued and possessed for something that can be so easily taken. I am smart, kind, generous, loving, funny, silly, etc. I should be valued for those things, not whether I've shared my body with another person who wanted the same thing. Your story just cut straight into my heart, and I am so sorry that you experienced all of those things. The threat of rape, being raped, being sexually abused by somebody who should protect you, a parent should protect you and keep you safe, and to know that your mom didn't do that and your mom actively harmed you breaks my heart just clean down the middle. I want you to know that you are strong and you are brave and you are resilient and you are amazing. And I agree with the last part of your submission where you said, I am smart, kind, generous, loving, fun, silly, etc. I should be valued for those things, not whether I've shared my body with another person who wanted the same thing. You should be valued for those attributes. And I know that I don't know you. All of these um, submissions are anonymous, so I might never know you. But your value does not come from your body. It comes from your heart and the kind of person you are and you sound like an amazing person and I just I hope that you are doing well and you are safe and you are surrounded by people who love you for exactly who you are and who value you and cherish you. The next submission says, Modesty culture has had an incredibly heavy impact on my life because it's left me unable to work out what my own beliefs are about the clothes I wear. I struggle a lot to work out whether it's really that I'm most comfortable with my shoulders covered and my legs covered to the knee or if it's just decades of constant image policing. I was raised Mormon and left the church at 18, and it took me until I was 26 and had come out as non-binary to be able to wear mid-thigh shorts and thick strap tank tops outside my own home. I have a crippling fear of being judged for how I look when exercising, to the point where for a while I couldn't even take walks down the block, and even going to the mailbox at the end of my road was terrifying. I've recently started taking walks, but it's in long jeans with a sweater on to make myself blend into my surroundings a little. I still can't bear to wear two-piece swimsuits, and sometimes even wear swim skirts because I get so anxious about being seen. But in my own home, I feel completely comfortable wearing anything or nothing, and I own a lot of lingerie that I casually wear around the house. I find that I am driven to a lot of styles geared towards hijabi ladies because no one does modest fashion like hijabis, but I always wonder if that's my fear or my real desire talking. Modesty culture has really messed me up. I think modesty culture has messed a lot of us up, so you're definitely not alone in that, but I want to commend you for asking yourself those questions and for saying, is this me or is this because it's what I was raised with? Is this because this is what I was told I should wear? Um, I, I think whether somebody wants to be uh, completely covered up from head to toe or whether they want to be in a crop top and little booty shorts, whatever they decide to wear, they should wear it because it's what makes them feel confident and comfortable and empowered and it's because it's what they want and so I know that it's not easy 
to explore your own style and to figure out who you are and, and what you like to dress after trying to separate yourself from modesty culture. But I think it's amazing that you're doing that. And it hurts my heart to hear that you're experiencing anxiety about being seen, going to get the mail, or taking walks. But I think you are so brave for pushing through it. Go at whatever pace you need to go at. Take it one step at a time. But you are so brave for confronting that and for working through it. And I am rooting for you 100%. The next submission says, my mom always told me that modesty and humility were synonyms, that modesty had nothing to do with how you present yourself, but what you think about yourself. Still think that's a little toxic, but hey, she tried. Regardless, growing up, I had to get my dad's approval before leaving the house to confirm that I was dressed modestly enough. If my dad was not available, my brother, who was barely a year older and raised like my twin, always at the same milestones, had to give me a once-over and say whether or not I would be tempting boys. Oh my, oh goodness. Now in my late 20s, I'm constantly fighting with the part of me that has to check the mirror. Are my clothes too tight? Is there too much skin? Are my clothes too sexy? Even though I'm 100% asexual and those sort of questions have zero context for me, it's like I'm always looking at myself through a man's eyes. Am I comfortable? Am I dressed for the weather, for the environment that I'm going to? Do I feel good? That should be the extent of the checklist. Can't get it to stick. Holy moly! It's totally understandable that you can't get that to stick yet, especially with having to be approved before you leave the house by somebody else, whether it's your dad or your brother who's basically the same age as you. When you think about it from an outside perspective, if you went your whole life having to get approval from somebody before leaving the house, whether it be your dad or your brother who's basically the same age as you, that's what you're used to. And now you live on your own or with roommates or whatever, but you don't need someone else's approval to leave the house. You don't need somebody else to say, yep, you're good. Like check off. You're good to go. You look fine. And so it's probably destabilizing of like, well, I'm used to this. I'm used to somebody else telling me that I'm okay in what I'm wearing. And now I'm responsible for that determination. That's daunting. And I agree that like the checklist should be Am I comfortable? Am I dressed for the weather and the environment that I'm going to? And do I feel good? I think that's a perfect set of questions to ask yourself. That set of questions makes total sense. But I can understand why it's almost jarring in a sense to be the one responsible for making that determination. If you've grown up being told that somebody else has to give you a once over and approve you, and now you don't have that and you're the one who gets to choose what you want to wear and how you want to look. It's definitely not what you're used to and it's going to be difficult to adjust to. So I understand the struggle, but you've got this and I have faith that one day it will stick. The last submission says, I'm in my 30s and still very much affected. I grew up feeling like I wanted to hide my body because I was embarrassed by it. Simple because I was a girl with girl parts and like I was doing something wrong. It has been something that I've had to work through in being married because you go from hiding yourself to everything is okay now. That was a hard jump to make for me, if that makes sense. I could talk about this all day long. Yes, absolutely yes. If you were raised in a church that placed a lot of focus on purity uh, aka remaining a virgin until you got married and you were told that that's where your value came from and you internalized that and you believed it and you were like okay I'm gonna commit to this 
I'm going to stay a virgin until I'm married. You're told that that's where your value is. That's what makes you a good person. That's what makes you like a good girl and a good woman is staying a virgin until you get married. But guess what? The second you get married, now you're expected to have sex and then you do have sex. Maybe you're uncomfortable with it and you feel pressured or maybe you're just like, yay, I'm married now and I get to have sex. But you still struggle with that loss of identity because you have been told your entire life that your value comes from being a virgin. And so even if you do what you are told to do and you do it, you know, quote unquote, in the right way, you still have that loss. You still struggle with, well, this is how I found my value before. Where do I find my value now? Like, If everything was off limits before I got married and I was a good person because I hadn't done anything sexual, how do I just suddenly jump into being okay not being that person anymore? How am I suddenly okay with, like you said, changing everything's off limits to nothing is off limits? And that's not even addressing the issue of sexual abuse and sexual assault. Because how do we think that makes people feel? People who have been abused or assaulted are suddenly made to feel like they're less. Not only have they gone through a traumatic experience, but if they're religious and their religious leader or their church is telling them, ooh, to be a good unmarried person, you have to be a virgin. You have to be pure. You have to be clean. Now it's, okay, I was traumatically assaulted. I was abused. I went through this horrible thing. And guess what? I guess I've lost all my value now too. I guess I'm not a good Christian or whatever religion they are in. Like that topic is something that I could go off about. Like you said, I could talk about this all day long. I could go off about this topic. However, been filming for quite a while. This is quite a long video already. And purity culture is intertwined with modesty culture, but it is a separate conversation. So um, if you want another video like this, where I talk about my experience with purity culture, and um, I put up a Slido for you to submit your stories and your experiences, let me know that down below. I also thought it might be a good idea to do a video where those of y'all who are LGBTQIA plus and grew up in religious households or are still religious can share what it was like to come out to your parents and maybe give some advice or some tips. I've done a few anonymous Q&As on my Instagram and I've gotten several questions requesting advice on how to come out to religious parents and I've never had to do that so I'm not exactly the person who is most equipped to answer that question but if I can get your answers if you have anything you want to share if you are gay bisexual trans um you know anything under that umbrella and you have experience in coming out to religious parents and there's something that you want to share I think that's incredibly valuable and I think it's really important so I would love to kind of elevate your stories and just kind of collect them and put them in this place for people to use as a resource. So if you think that that would be a good video, please let me know in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube and we will make it happen. But that's all I've got for now. This video was really intense and got pretty heavy at some parts. So thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your time with me to 
just have this conversation and to listen to it. If you have any thoughts that you want to share and you are watching this on YouTube, please feel free to leave them in the comments section down below. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. If you are listening to the podcast, I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review the podcast, if you would subscribe to the show, that would be amazing. And if you have done any of those things already, Thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one.